Welcome back to When Bad Things Happen to Good People, a podcast about censorship and the arts. My name is Todd Sullivan. With me, as always, is Oren Barter. That's this guy right here. And today we are talking about the 1972 Bernardo Bertolucci film, The Last Tango in Paris. Should we have tango music over this? Like, I think, I'm realizing now, I think I was wrong. I think it's just last tango in Paris and there's no the. Okay, now I gotta check. That's embarrassing. It is last tango in Paris. Yeah, there is yeah. no the. That's alright. Just, you know, give me shit about it now. Okay. Yeah, I'd like to point out, Todd, that there is no the. In the name of this this yeah. film, it's just Last Tango in Paris. The only you need to you go- need to push up your glasses when you do that. Excuse me, Mr. Sullivan. <laughs> Excuse me, Mr. Sullivan. There's no uh, there's no the in the title. It's just Last Tango. So la- it is Last Tango in Paris. The only reason I I know that is because you just told me prior to me telling you. Um, <laughs> but I felt like I would take this opportunity to appear superior intellectually. Well done. Um, so there's that. Should always take those opportunities. <laughs> How you doing, Oren? God, you know, I. <laughs> Is that I just, a complicated question? <laughs> I just can't seem to catch up with anything ever. Yeah. Although I did have a doctor's appointment, which I've been meaning to do for a long time. My doctor's office has been only open until noon. I usually take my lunch at, uh, you know, one thirty, two o'clock when I'm at work. So I haven't really had the chance to book an appointment anytime I've tried to call. The line has been busy or it's just rang and rang and rang with no answering service. So I finally managed to book an appointment and I had that. Um, Only problem was uh, I booked the appointment for the day after my last day at my previous job, um, which turned out to be the first day of my new job. When they find out when they found out what my last day was, they're like, oh, well, we're going to schedule you for training <laughs> immediately after and i was like okay cool nice of them they're like can you be in at 9 30 i was like i don't know i got a doctor's appointment at nine i guess we'll see so i showed up late for my training i looked a little disheveled um and the kit the guy that what was did the, what did the doctor do to you to make you look so disheveled no it was actually it was it was that was all on me i gotta say okay i'd, I'd love to place blame on somebody else but i just can't um and yeah so i showed up like late for my training shift which they they i did explain to them prior why Mm -hmm. so um but then you know it's a training shift i've just came off like i don't know how many months of of like just feels like seven days a week of either working or i'm i'm doing other stuff and uh yeah this poor kid he gets he gets me to train and i'm just like out of it and uh I guess he's not a kid. He's he's but um yeah, I didn't make the best first impression on my on my trainer yesterday. Um I think I I kind of like stepped it up a little bit today. Um so I'm hoping, you know, let's start low and just work up from there. Yeah, if you can get those <laughs> expectations set as low as possible while also keeping your job that's that's a good i think entry point into a particular uh place of employment so that you set those expectations too high and then you yeah. gotta work super hard i don't want to fly in there. as a hero and be like i'm gonna exactly. save this place and then one, and then one the day time. be like ah oh, man like i just i don't know i just can't make it in today and they're like well you would have done it before typical yeah no it's it's good so i had a couple of days of training i'm working at the uh a liquor store Mm-hmm. Um, which is pretty different from what I was doing before, which what I was doing before was very different from what I was doing before that. <laughs> um, so I'm hoping, uh, this job's going to be a little less, uh, stressful, um, yeah. a little less, uh, you know, brain power dominant. And it's going to allow me to think about all the other stuff that I have going on in my life. While I'm at work, that would be great if I could uh, 
I could do that. And hopefully it will allow you to bring some interesting uh, drinks to the conversation. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that's what's going on with me. What's going on with you? Um, not a whole lot. I uh, I was drawn back to the uh, the surplus Herbie's electronics blowout once again today. <laughs> it's my third time there. Okay. Uh, this time it was mostly because I regretted not getting a, uh, and I guess to explain what that is, there's a store here that's kind of like, you know, army surplus stuff and camping supplies. And every once in a while, they'll get a shipment of stuff that was like in a warehouse that like was burning down or something, or, you know, it's just a bunch of stuff they have to, you know, they, they bought and have to get rid of it, discounted prices. And so they had a ton of electronic stuff in their business. And I've been there a couple of times to get, I've picked up a, a 34 inch uh, ultra wide monitor um a microphone for my cell phone uh just a bunch of things and i went back today uh i wanted to get a one of those ring lights for like selfie stuff oh because i've been i've been thinking about getting into doing um more twitch streaming and stuff and being able to have a well-lit uh face cam on a twitch stream i think would be good um and then i also while i was there todd Tell Sorry? Me. I said the world needs more Todd. I'm sh- I hope you got that. Did you actually get it? I did get it. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, and it's uh, it's it's a pretty good one too. It like it it folds. It can go as high as like five feet. And oh, it can fold yeah, down yeah, to yeah. like if everything folds down to like one little ring that you can store super easily. So it seems like a pretty good one. Okay. But when I was there, I also found um, a charging kit for my Xbox controllers. So basically, you instead of having batteries in there, you put this little battery pack in, and it's got a different uh, back cover for where the battery goes. That's got a little open spot, so you just put the controller down on the charging thing, and it charges while you're not playing it. And I'm not going to have to buy batteries anymore, and that is mind blowing because I go through so many batteries <laughs> on on those controllers all the time. And uh, so that was, I think, probably the real. Um, the real game changer purchase today, and I didn't even go for that specifically, but okay. I'm excited. All right, let's talk <laughs> about this movie. The, uh, not the last Tango in Paris, but last Tango in Paris. Before we do, yeah, um, I would like to point out that I went. I went. We talked last time when we did um, uh, Necromantic, uh, which was a German film about going and getting German beer, which I didn't have a chance to do. Yeah, so I went and got a French beer today, which is this. It would have been funny uh, if you would have went and got a German beer for today. It would have been funny, eh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is called Cronenborg 1664 Blanc, which is a flavored wheat beer with a hint of citrus. And it's, it's not bad. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm currently drinking, um, a hazy IPA or a hazy state. I'm not sure what that means. Uh, a hazy state session IPA. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is the Amplified Voices. Um, and I'm not sure what brewery this is. Um, Collective Arts Brewing Limited from Hamilton, Ontario. Um, it's uh, it's pretty good. I also went and bought some Stella Artois, um, mm-hmm. which I believe is is en français. I'm not 100% sure on that. Belgium? That doesn't sound French. Do they speak French in no, Belgium? No, I think they might speak French in Belgium, but it's not France. Well, it's definitely not France. Yeah. But you know what? I'm a... I'm a I mean, we didn't I'm watch a, I'm a Last Tango American, in Belgium, cis white I man. This out, is close but... enough. Okay. This is as close as I get. Okay. I don't get any closer to France <laughs> than Belgium. That's just a personal rule. <laughs> Actually, I would love to go to France. Yeah, I would, too. I've been learning French on uh, Duolingo. Ooh, oui, oui, oui. Uh-huh. Oui, oui, oui. Um, je m'appelle Todd. Je suis... Uh, le Chien. Le Chien? Yeah. Que es le Chien? As I said, my name is Todd, and I am a dog. Oh! Yeah. Woof, woof. <laughs> okay, so Last Tango in Paris, uh, directed, and I think written by Bernardo Bertolucci. Um, this is this and The Last Emperor, I think, are probably his best-known films. Okay. This, obviously, in part because of the controversy it garnered um specifically it uh it got things kind of uh controversial in bologna italy 
London, England, Cincinnati, Ohio, and of course Manitoba and, and Nova Scotia, Canada. I thought it was Newfoundland that always did it. Nova Scotia. Nova Scotia. Well, it's always like the Maritimes. Right. And Maritimes. Yeah. Um, specifically, so this is from, what was the site again? It was like... Wikipedia? C- c- no, this was like, <laughs> I found this site that was like censorship wiki, and it was like, oh man, oh, I gotta bookmark this okay. shit. okay. Um, Last Tango in Paris is described in two different ways. Those who oppose the film's obscenity have called it obscene content offensive to public decency characterized by an exacerbating, exasperating pansexualism for its own end, presented with offensive, nope, with obsessive indulgence, catering to the lower instincts of the libido, dominated by the idea of stirring unchecked appetites for sexual pleasure, permeated by scurrilous language that person needs to get laid others have called it the most powerful erotic movie ever made oh is there a middle of the Um. road (laughs) (laughs) maybe i I, I feel like i'm i feel like like i'm i'm in the middle of the road on this picture but we'll get there (laughs) (laughs) i mean i don't know if it's like the most erotic thing i've ever seen the most powerful erotic yeah. movie ever. it doesn't say the most erotic it says the most powerful right movie. yeah uh still not sure i'm there but uh i yeah i got yeah i got mixed feelings about it yeah it was yeah, yeah so anyway uh, it was initially attempted to be banned in uh bologna in 1972 and this is the other thing Last week we did uh, a film that was released on uh, the year that you were gestating in your mother's womb. <laughs> yes. Uh, and this week we're doing one that was released when I was gestating in my mother's womb. I was born in 1973. This film was released in 1972. Um, the first attempt to censor The Last Tango in Paris, not. Fuck, why do I keep putting the in there? You know what? Because it just sounds better. Let's just go. We're changing the name. No. We're getting, who? Okay, who who did this? We're, I'm going to call Bernardo him. Bertolucci, who's an Italian. Bernardo, you must Bertolucci. change the name of your movie. We should have gotten Italian beer. We should have. Um, so, Last Tango in Paris, uh, the first attempt at censorship was brought by a private prosecutor in Bologna in 1972. However, the Bologna Court of Appeals banned, confiscated, and destroyed copies of the film. Bertolucci, the film's producer, Albert Grimaldi, Marlon Brando and Maria Schneider were arrested, <laughs> received two-month prison sentences, and fined 30,000 lire. The case was retried several times between 1972 and 1976. Prosecutors argued that the work should not be protected as a work of art. The courts agreed, wow. and the ban stood. And this was in Bologna, or Bologna. This was in Bologna. Bologna. Um, as has become a recurring segment... Lauren, would you like to describe <laughs> this film in one or two sentences for us? Oh my god. Okay, so one or two sentences. Can I do three? I think I might need three for this one. Let's see. Let's. Well, I'll go three, yeah. Okay. Sure. Maybe. I'll, I'll see if I need it. Um, young woman and older man going through some shit run into each other in an awkward sexual way start a kind of extra personal sexual relationship with each other which obviously that always works mm-hmm. um they develop feelings for each other in this weird kind of Playful, but sometimes overly. Ah, God, yeah, no, it's hard to explain. Yeah, you, as, as an elevator pitch, you've already lost me. I've gotten. Off I've the lost elevator. you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So two people meet. They have, um, I think, good, but mostly weird. Sometimes questionably sensual or consensual sex, and then she shoots him. Yep. He dies. There you go. Long story short, uh, she kills him. Yeah. Spoiler so this alert. is. Um, sorry. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, this is a movie that's been on my to watch list for a really long time. It, it's frequently making lists of like the most controversial films of all time and blah 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 blah. And of course, I've I've long been attracted to stuff like that, which is why this podcast exists. 
And so I'm I'm glad to have finally gotten a chance to watch it. Um, this is kind of this is Marlon Brando, I think, in maybe one of his last roles before he started kind of uh, inflating. Um, What's inflating? Like getting bigger. Oh, fatter. Gaining weight. Gaining weight. Yeah. Um, and he's he's really good. I mean, everybody in this I think is 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 pretty great. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the the woman uh, Maria Schneider was only in, and oh, really? uh, I thought she was really good in it as well. She that, was really good. I thought she was better than than Marlon Brando. To be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, at times, at times, for sure. But I mean, I think Marlon Brando mm-hmm. was giving off this kind of, like, the character when they're together has this kind of dismissive quality where, like, from a performance, mm-hmm. you could almost feel like he's phoning it in, that he's not really there. But that's that's the character, that he's just kind of... Yeah, that's true. But then also, when you when you see the vulnerability of the characters, I think that it was more believable with her character than it was with his. Yeah. When he does break down, when yeah, so I thought she was. She really was, good. yeah, totally. Um, so basically, yeah, it opens with um, these two characters, Paul and and Jean, in Paris, um, and they, they they kind of cross paths on the street very early on without kind of knowing each other. Oh, I didn't. We see that. we see Paul. Uh, that's uh, Brando walking down the street, and he's clearly well. It actually opens with him like underneath a train. His hands clamped over his ears, screaming. Uh, and then he continues sort of walking, and it's clear that he's really broken up about something. He's been crying, his tears on his face. Uh, and then this young woman sort of runs past him, and then we follow her for a while. Uh, and that's that's Jean. Uh, and she's she's looking for an apartment in, in Paris. And so she finds this mm-hmm. spot that's got a sign out front saying there's apartments for rent. So she goes in, um, has a long exchange with the uh, the woman who runs the place about, like, is there a key? The woman can't find the key. Then, uh, anyway, she gets a key and goes up and looks in the apartment and, uh, and stumbles upon Brando, who's already there. And I was a little, I don't know, I, I was shocked that she wasn't more shocked at the fact that there was a dude already in the apartment just lurking yeah. <laughs> in the darkness, sitting on the radiator or whatever. But I guess at that point, it wasn't her apartment. She was just having a look at it, and she's like, oh, you're here having a look at it too. And so they both kind of, they they both have a wander about the apartment and the look at it, and there is a weird kind of tension between them. Um, I guess it's a sexual tension because, you know, eventually of what happens, they next, all they yeah. just kind of bang on the floor of this kind of kind of dingy, kind of gross apartment. Um, I had a note here that like I was trying to break down the story of the film, and it's like it's your traditional uh, boy meets girl, boy fucks girl in a shitty Paris apartment. Uh, boy and girl share apartment now, I guess. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but they don't. But they don't share yeah. names. So <laughs> no names. Uh, no he, names. I think he ends up kind of renting the apartment, um, and she comes back to like give him the key that she has, and he's like, "You don't have to do that." Um, and basically sets the situation where this is their their tryst space. This is where they can come and and connect to like just fuck. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he doesn't want to have any kind of, he wants their relationship to only exist within that space. He doesn't want to know her name. He doesn't want to know her history. He doesn't want to know anything about her. Everything outside of those walls is meaningless when they're within those walls. They're the only two people in the world. There's actually a fun yeah. scene where they they kind of, give themselves new names, right? And he gives himself a name, which is just a bunch of grunting noises. Yeah. And then she gives herself a name. And she's like, yeah. And I thought that was an interesting idea. These two people in this space, just kind of having fun, defining who they are to each other, separate from who they are in the rest of the world. Because certainly they each exist differently when they're outside the apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, as the story goes on, we do get to find out 
more and more about who they are outside of their apartment space. Uh, we find out that that Brando's wife has recently killed herself. Uh, we also find out that his wife, before killing herself, was cheating on him with at least one guy. And I mean, I'm not saying that there's implications that there were more than one, but you also have to consider if there's one, there could be more. Mm-hmm. Whereas Gene is is engaged to this filmmaker who that whole thing seemed very 21st century. Like this guy seemed to be making a documentary about their relationship. And yeah, it, that that was very much like we're Instagram. Exactly, Instagram. exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like this, co- you know what we? Act- so Nikita and I actually went uh, to look at some uh, waterfalls down in in mm-hmm. Clearwater. We got some pictures of the waterfalls. We never got any pictures of ourselves um, because we were looking pretty disheveled. Well, you'd be bad Instagram we, influencers, then, wouldn't you? We would be terrible Instagram influencers. <laughs> but while we were there. We did see an Instagram and or some other social media platform in like influencer. She was walking around very like on purpose, but protrude walk. And her boyfriend was walking behind her uh, with the camera out, just like being her cameraman, just doing a thing. And then they like stopped and she like did this weird like hair flip butt out thing (laughs) and it was so fucking weird to see in person it was so awkward they did not look like they were enjoying the scenery at all it was more about like you know how can i flip my hair right so when we do a slow-mo on this it's gonna look sick as fuck it was i didn't like it it was weird um i i much i bet like i liked mine and nikita's experience better where we just walked around took pictures of the actual things we were there to look at i like that i think yeah i mean i i would probably fail as an instagram influencer as well because i think even if i was putting myself in there i would i would want to be natural about it you got a badonka donk just show it off you gotta i gotta i gotta shake what my mama gave me or whatever (laughs) sorry todd's mom (laughs) I respect no, you. no, it's fine. She gave it to you. me, or maybe it's my dad's jeans. I don't know. They're probably more my mom's jeans than my dad's jeans, but, <laughs> um, but yeah. So they both have this kind of life going on outside of the apartment, but they're neither of them. I mean, particularly Brando, uh, Paul, who's dealing with the death of his wife, um, and and her affair. He's not having a good time, but at the same time, she doesn't seem to be terribly satisfied in her engagement to this guy and that i think that's part of what keeps drawing her back to the apartment in spite of the fact that paul is not always treating her super great yeah so that's it's it's interesting because like he he flip-flops from treating her you know from like they have this kind of almost childlike experience with each other where they're just super open they're not worried about really anything they're there in the moment they're playful they're having fun and then it just seems to flip and it gets you know just weird is the best word i can come up with like it just gets it just gets um the the power all of a sudden there's there's a power dynamic so when they're playful there's there doesn't seem to be any power dynamic like they're they're both equally in this space, equally exploring each other and themselves. And then all of a sudden he just, he flips mm-hmm. a switch and he's like, this is, this is my, my space. You are in my space. You are. Yeah, I think, basically. I think to an extent, some of that comes from, I felt like he was trying to get back at his wife for her affair uh, and I guess to an extent for her suicide as well to be like, you know, okay, you can fuck some dude while well, I'm going to f- fuck this chick and I don't really care about her. And, and so anytime that sort of that intimacy level was increasing and, and she was being too nice to him or too emotional or too, you know, loving, he's, he's pushing mm-hmm. back. Uh, and at the same time, I think it also had to do with how, how fresh and raw his pain is from this last woman that he loved and not wanting to 
you know, fall in love with or have those kind of feelings for someone else because that's dangerous because you can get hurt. Um, whereas I think she okay. was definitely trying to start something with him because she really didn't want to marry her fiance. Yeah. Cause she definitely had her, like you could tell when that dude was like her fiance was, was there when they met the first time on, on screen when they're kissing and he's got cameras everywhere and she's like, Oh, you only kissed me for yeah. the cameras kind of a thing. Right. And so she, I, I think that she probably questioned his, his involvement in their relationship. And she, she says something in the film, which kind of stuck with me. She said, I'm tired of being raped, but she didn't say it in the sense of sexual rape explicitly she felt that she was being raped by his cameras like she right, was being followed right, around right. she was being turned into something she was being used for something is right? that is that in the um, scene when they were on either sides of the subway either side yeah. of the train yeah either sides of the subway there, that's i yeah. think that's in that um, scene she was trying to end their relationship and he just mm-hmm. wouldn't give up and I, and then they f- had like a fist fight. Yeah, they afterwards? had a fist fight, and then they were Sorry. like making out as well, weren't they? Yeah, because that's. I mean, that happens, I guess. No, I can't say that's ever happened to me. Um, but I guess I mean maybe to some extent she didn't feel as confident in the future of that relationship with Paul to commit a hundred percent to that. So you know, as much as he's trying to like push this guy away. If he's not going to go without like some struggle, she's maybe going to stick around. Um, but let's talk a little bit more about what goes on in that apartment uh, when they're there. And specifically some of the, 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 the sex stuff that courts the controversy that we're here to talk about. Uh, I okay. think sort of the first and, and biggest controversial scene is, uh, is an anal rape. Um, that happens that there's some okay so it's basically what happens is brando's in the apartment he's on is that the is that the, the butter, butter scene? scene yeah so brando's okay. laying on the ground when she comes by the apartment uh he's eating cheese and bread as you do in france and uh and she comes in i think just for a minute and he's like there's some butter in the kitchen go get the butter She's like, I don't have much time. I got to do this and this and this. And he's like, get the butter. And so she brings him the butter. uh, And then he, I don't know, he starts talking about some shit. And then he pulls off her pants and greases up her anal region and uh, and rapes her there on the floor. I never got the anal part. I never felt that from that scene. Okay, well, but, I mean that is that is the the general consensus about okay. about the film. Okay. Now, so okay. that's the scene that really gets cited a lot in the controversy in part because um the actress claimed that that scene wasn't in the script. And oh. and at 19 she wasn't old enough to understand that she couldn't be made to shoot a scene that wasn't in the script. That the director can't oh. just go, aha, we're doing this scene now that you have no idea what was going to happen when you signed on to this and you have to do it. She didn't know that was a thing. Um, Jesus. Now, other stories have come out that the rape was in the script, but it was Brando's idea to do the get the butter thing, blah, 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 blah. Either way, this 19-year-old girl no matter how you look at it, had this moment sprung on her in a way that was different from what she was expecting. And by all accounts, you know, her reaction there with the, you know, crying and everything else, that was, that was legitimate. Jesus. So that sucks. That sucks. That's, I mean, that is, uh, I'm going to say maybe something that directors thought that they could get away with in the 1970s. I know, like, for example, um, <clears throat> on The Exorcist, to keep the actors kind of t- 
tense on the stay or on the, the, the whatever at all times. William Friedkin had a gun filled with blanks and he would occasionally just shoot them off randomly just to make people jump and keep them on edge. Which is what the it, it's fuck? A, it's a fucking cruel way to treat your actors. Granted, maybe you are getting a more naturalistic performance out of them, but fucking treat your actors. Just get better. Get better actors. <laughs> treat your actors like people. Okay. Yeah. No shit. Um. Or or go the uh, Team America World Police route and just don't hire actors. Do it all with puppets. Yeah. Um. So anyway, that scene. Okay. So that yeah, that makes that scene. So yeah. much worse. I mean, it was bad to start with, obviously. Yeah. Um, and then the other one, which I think was their last time together, is the one that kind of came out of the blue for me, which is where mm-hmm. um, Brando is like, I want you to clip your fingernails and then put your two fingers in my asshole. Yeah. Uh, and then... And then it got, it got weirder. weirder. And I, I actually typed this all up. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna actually okay. Let's let's do the same thing you did for um for Dave when he cited um what was it the sex shop or and now Todd Sullivan recites. Okay, wait, what are we calling this? Uh, put your fingers up my ass. Okay, by Marlon Brando. <laughs> By Marlon Brando. And now Todd Sullivan recites the put your fingers up my ass scene from Last Tango in Paris, spoken by Marlon Brando. I want you to put your fingers up my ass. Put your fingers up my ass. Are you deaf? Go on. I'm going to get a pig and I'm going to have the pig fuck you. And I want the pig to vomit in your face. And I want you to swallow the vomit. Are you going to do that for me? I want the pig to die while you're fucking him. Then you'll have to go behind him. I want you to smell the dying farts of the pig. Are you going to do all of that for me? And uh, and she did uh, kind of like uh, enthusiastically agree to do all that. So, I mean, that's true love, right? No. no. <laughs> I mean, I think you know what? I'm not kidding. I think that is a power I, no, dynamic. No, no, I disagree. Is. I think I think it is. I think in that moment, um Brando is trying to push her away. I think he's he's trying to create the most disgusting, nauseating thing he can think of to push her away. And she won't go. She won't go. She's like, No, I will do this. I will do this. I will do that for you. And I think that's why. That after that, he cleans out the apartment and leaves because he can't deal with, at that time, that right. level of of commitment or connection from her. Okay, that's an interesting take in it. I took it more of because his wife was... I mean, it, it, now that I've watched the whole movie and I, you know, I, I understood the scene because like when he, I think it was before this that he talks with another guy that was staying at the oh, hotel. Oh, Marcel, I think, right? Marcel. Yeah. They were wearing the same, you know, outfit. They, were, they, had, they the had the same, same robe. robe on, and- obviously the hotel robe. And, you know, they're talking. He's like, hey, how do you stay so fit? And the guy's like, I do this. And then he leaves and he's like, honestly, I don't know what she yeah. saw in you. And and yeah, right. Marcel so I, was I, I, yeah. the one guy that we know of that Brando's wife was cheating on. Yeah, so um, I thought the whole pig analogy was more of just how he felt about Marcel. Marcel was a pig. Mm. Marcel was gross. Marcel was disgusting. Marcel d- deserved to die. I thought that... That was him actually being vulnerable and opening up to her. I, th- I actually thought the opposite of that scene. See, I would say, even looking at it in that way, I would I would argue that it was Brando who felt like the pig, that he is feeling worthless from his wife's affair and from his wife's suicide, from his wife abandoning him by choosing to die, and that uh, that he's the pig. Okay. I'm going to counterpoint okay. um, that I think 
the character of it was Paul, yeah. right? That's his name. Yeah. The character of Paul um actually had a sexual attraction towards swine and that everything he said was Okay, now you're just making shit up. No, I'm just making shit up. <laughs> um um yeah that's i mean there's definitely yeah how do you how do you take that like it was there was so much packed in such a short amount of time um and you know as much as things were already in this movie um even their first sexual encounter was like you know it was it was i want to say odd but odd's not really the good word um it was intense it was just but it was also it was it was like a pull and push moment too right like they had kind mm-hmm. of danced around each other this whole time while they're browsing the apartment and then finally they connect they fuck like mad and then when they're done can we talk hmm? yeah can we talk about how she rolls around after an orgasm she just rolls she'll roll well i wanted to get to the rolling because <laughs> it wasn't just the fact that she was rolling it felt to me like like she was actively trying to get away from him at the end of it, even though she had been enthusiastically mm-hmm. involved. There's that feeling of right. regret where it's like, now that it's done, she just wants to get away. Right. right. And that was my take on, on at least. But she also did that when she masturbated on the bed, she masturbated, she finished, then she rolled away while he was crying in the other room. Right. Okay. Yeah. I guess she just likes to roll after she comes. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's definitely different ways to take that. I don't, I don't really know what the, what the right, what the, what the director's idea was there. So after, um, after the, 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 the pig fart, fuck vomit scene, um, Paul vacates the apartment, pulls all the stuff out, uh, and Jean does not know where he's gone. The lady downstairs doesn't have any sort of forwarding address or information. Like, she just has nothing on any of the guests in this particular apartment. She doesn't know anything. She just laughs at it. She's like, <laughs> I, don't I don't know. know. What do you think? I didn't know anything at the beginning of the movie. Why do you think I'm going to know anything now? Um, And so she kind of goes back to her fiancé. The fiancé kind of says, I'm going to marry you next week. Um, She tries to convince her fiancé to move into the, the Gunji apartment. And I, I I feel like that's just like she's trying to cling to those memories that she had there. Um, but her fiance is like, nope, this place Gunji, man, uh, fuck off. We're gonna I'm gonna go find something else. No, I don't think that's how that really went. Oh. Um <laughs> why don't you tell me how it really I went? Yeah, I think like, okay, so she was distraught because mm-hmm. he left. So she, you know, she's crying on the phone. She calls her fiance, she's like I found a place. You got to come look at it. You know, um, they show up and like, let's look back a little bit on the time that they had spent um, in that place. Like, like I said, there, there was, you know, that the butter scene, fucking awful. A couple other things, but like, there was a lot of like playfulness, a lot of her feeling free, not trapped, you know, um, a lot of joy that they had together goofing around just kind of being open and being themselves. Oh, so and you think that she was, she brings, okay, sorry, I should just let you say. That's okay. So, so she brings her fiance in because now this other guy's out of the picture. She's told him that she loves him. Um, and he has just packed up and gone. And so she brings her fiance there. I think kind of to, to just, yeah, try to have that same connection with him. Um, and he doesn't give it. He he briefly gives it. She starts flying around the apartment. He's like, oh, this place is huge. It's too big for us. And and she's like flying around like she's in an airplane. And, and he's doing his like video thing. He's like, oh, I got you in the mm-hmm. shot. I got you in the shot. And they're goofing around. And she's like, she's happy and she's feeling it. And then the guy's like, oh, you know, like we really, this isn't how adults act. Like we need to act like adults. And I think that's when just, yeah. you just fuck, he, he killed yeah. the mood. Right, like, um, well, and even even at the he, end of that scene, when he when he says like he's leaving to look for other apartments, they shake hands like adults. Like, there's no right. passionate kiss. There's none of of any of that. They 
Right. So, yeah, because there's no cameras. So when there's cameras there, he's willing to be passionate. He's willing to be romantic. He's willing to be everything. Camera's gone. He shakes her fucking hand. Yeah. But still, okay. there is a point where she decides, this is my life. This is the direction I'm going. Because yeah. sometime later, she's walking down the street and Paul comes prancing up to her and is like, hey, it's me. Remember me? The guy who abandoned you? Um, yeah. And uh, she's like, whatever. Um, and he wants, to, am I correct in remembering that he wants to take her out somewhere? Yeah. So he starts like they start walking. He starts actually telling her his life story, tells her his name. You know, he kind of opens up about all the things that she's been asking for for so long. And he takes her to a tango yeah. club. Which I thought was interesting yeah. because when I, all this time I thought Last Tango in Paris was kind of referring to like tango being their, the sexual relationships that they're having. And the last tango would refer to the last sexual connection that they had. I was not, I was right. literally not expecting there to be a literal tango. <laughs> a tango. And not just yeah. a tango. But in fact, a last tango of the evening in this tango, in this bar where there's a tango contest going on. Which does happen to be the last tango of yeah, his life. It was spoilers. <laughs> we already told him that it he didn't, dies. didn't say there Hang weren't going to be more tangos, though. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that may or may not be the last tango in Paris. <laughs> so, yeah, they um, they had a good <sighs> bar. Uh, with this tango contest going on, uh, he talks a lot about how um, this is the sort of place he would have taken a woman two years back, and da 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 da. He's like buying her a bunch of drinks, champagne, scotch. She doesn't really seem into being there uh, again because I think in her mind she's she's moved on, and now now he's in this position of I'm I'm now ready to to move on myself from my my dead wife. And embrace what you were offering me earlier. So they're pretty drunk by the end of the evening. And at, at a certain point, she's just done with it. Um, and she's like, sayonara, I'm, I'm leaving. Yeah. And he's like, oh, no, you didn't. But they've had that dance before. They've they've had that dance before where she's been like ah yeah and then she's right back. Yeah, well, she's I, back I there guess the next I day. guess if you want to try to uh, justify his asinine behavior. No, I'm not trying to just I'm not trying to justify him at all. Um, I'm just saying like I and I get how the climax comes comes to to pass. Is all I'm saying. Okay. All right. Fair. Um, so anyway, so she leaves and he's having none of that. So, so he follows her, follows her all the way the back to, um, now I think it was the apartment that she had with was that her mom. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That was weird. Cause I, I like when they went into the elevator, I assumed she was heading yeah, that, to the apartment that they the were The elevator at. looked exactly the same. Like this weird, tiny yeah elevator that's really built for one person and maybe two if you're like really friendly with each other um <laughs> yeah. and i just maybe guess maybe that's a common elevator style in in paris in the 1970s right because yeah and then when they walk into the apartment it's a completely yeah. different fucking apartment um Excuse so me. she's taking the elevator and brando is chasing her up the stairs and uh and she gets into the apartment tries to like close the door on him actually she's she can't even get the door open yeah 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 he's, yeah, yeah. he's like right there on her and she goes to try to like yeah. Bang on a door to get help. She finally gets into her apartment, yeah. but Brando won't let her close the door on him. So, like, he pushes his way into the apartment. He is still trying and trying and trying. Yeah. And she pulls uh, this gun that gets uh, brought up earlier in the film, which we didn't mention. This is not um, just a gun that shows up in the third act. It is properly set up as um, uh, Chekhov would would have you do. And mm -hmm. uh, and she shoots him. And he's like, oh. Well then, and then kind of stumbles out onto the deck to die. Sticks his gum. Right. Yeah. Well, you don't want to die with gum in your mouth. It's the same thing as like no. you know you don't want to go to the like you got to wear clean underwear in case you go to the hospital. So you don't. You also, <laughs> you, know, you also don't want to die with gum in your mouth because 
That's gross. Right. Um, and then she's. So I would like. Okay. So like, I just want to. I just want to clarify the comment that I made earlier, and because I feel like it may come out in poor taste. Because I, I understand like how the whole thing started, but then as it escalated, like the longer that he went on chasing her and the more she's, she was like, no, get yep. away from me. Yep. And like the door scene, like it just, it just escalated and escalated and escalated and escalated. Um, Yeah, I just wanted to clarify. I don't know. No, that's fine. That's fine. That's fair. And I do kind of want to get back to that once I wrap up the end of the movie. Um, okay. And there's like, literally, she's just shot him. The final moments of the film, she's just standing there and she's telling herself, uh, no, I don't know his name. Uh, he he right. broke in. He tried to rape me. And she's trying to, A, I think she's trying to reset in her mind their relationship to an extent. She's trying to erase the fact that he did tell her his name. He did tell her about his wife. Yeah. He did reveal all these things that were unspoken during their time in the apartment. Uh, mm. And in doing that, she is also prepping herself to what she's going to tell the police. Talk to the right? police. Yeah. She's just killed a man. Yeah. And that's the end of the film. Um, and, uh, and can we talk about the, the very end of the film for just a second? Yeah, I guess. What am I missing? Oh, I thought you would just be like, Fine, because it wasn't Finn. Oh, fine, fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, but I guess maybe that's Italian or or French or like Fine. Yeah. I thought French was Finn. I thought French I was know. Finn. F I N. Um, but it was like, yeah, the, the 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 movie ends and it's black screen and it's just like fine. <laughs> that's how I man. The it. wild thing about watching some of these these older films is that. Um, the entirety of the credits play at the beginning of the movie. And then the end is just like, it's over and it's the Metro golden mayor lion. And it's done. There's no credits at all. Done. It's that's because everybody just like, everybody's ready to leave. Right. They're like, we gotta, we gotta introduce everybody at the beginning. Cause at the end, they're just going to fuck off. And it's, it's so the opposite now. Like there's, there's so many films, yeah. uh, like the MCU films, I think famously do this where you, they don't even give you the title at the beginning. They just start boom. Movie's going all the way to the end. We're not even going to tell you what this movie is called until it's over. So you better know what you're watching. Like you've got, you've got the fucking tickets down. Right? You know what you you're know watching. What they're watching. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, in like 1972, it's like you're sitting through. Oh yeah. Great. Who was the key grip on this? I'm so fascinated. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I guess maybe it's the, that films back then didn't have as many crew members that needed to be included in the credits because they were just, smaller productions right and now again yeah, like i mean yeah like like a big production if you would have spent as much time on each individual person as they did in this movie i think you would have a movie that was probably twice as long yeah half credits half movie so um apparently this film started with this this idea that uh this fantasy that bertolucci had um of of this woman he he, he saw this woman probably some young woman and he had this fantasy about what it would be like to just like you know take her to uh, an apartment somewhere and, and fuck her without having any idea what her name was, what her past was, anything else. Okay. And, you know, as, as a male, I can understand that kind of fantasy. That's an exciting fantasy. Um, I think Paris would be, you know, kind of an optimum place to do it. Paris just seems like the kind of place that you go and meet people and, and fuck them without knowing their name. Okay. But there's still, this film is teeming with toxic masculinity in a way that makes it really hard to watch mm -hmm. in the 21st century. Mm -hmm. And this is where my middle of the road on those two sides come in. Cause there's a lot I liked in yeah. this film. Um, and yet it's hard to, and that's, again, I think that's, that comes up, especially in the, the end there when he's chasing her down, it's this whole like, yeah. I'm ready for a relationship now, so you better fucking be ready too. Toxic masculinity. Yep. And I guess it's I guess you could say that the film isn't encouraging that because he does get fucking shot at the end. You know? 
And also, he, you know, his he his wife dies. She commits suicide. I don't know if we even discussed that. I mean, it came up, but we. I mean, I don't know if it's fair yeah. to include that in the discussion about toxic masculinity because we don't know why she killed herself. Right. Okay. That's you fair. know. Um. Yeah. Yeah. No. Definitely. Like. It's 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 yeah. Like you say, it's not so far one way, so far the other. Like in this movie. Clearly, he was a toxic, masculine man mm-hmm. in pretty much every sense of the word. Well, but, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know if that was the case in, in his relationship with his wife, but in every way that we see him interacting with uh, mm-hmm. Jean, um, definitely, definitely toxic. Yeah. You know, you, you don't you don't rape your, your friends and... Uh, no. Ask them if they'll fuck pigs. I mean, I guess that's okay. This is a question. <laughs> you don't make them fuck pigs, I guess is what I'm saying. Which he didn't do anyway. Sorry. Right. That was a weird. Yeah, but like you say, like not only the fact that he dies, but like also like this character, clearly he's been alone for a large portion of his life. He met a woman, um, not Jean, his wife. They married, but she still was unfaithful to him. You know, like he, he, it's not like he was just this, this manly man who everything was great and everything went exactly how he wanted it. Um, I, I think that, you know, I don't know if that was in like, if that was on purpose, but it felt like they painted this man as a man's man and they kind of showed how that is just that whole ideal just falls apart. Maybe, but at the same time, there are, I think, early on in the film, those elements where, you know, this 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 old-fashioned idea, which I think history has shown is based somewhat in truth, um, that it, it, the way to get a woman to fall in love with you is to be kind of a dickhead. You know, the assholes get the chicks, and, and so he's an asshole. Right. And through most of the film, that works in his relationship with, with her and and those little moments where the toxic masculinity really kind of stands out to me that the 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 portrayal of the fact that he is treating her this way mm-hmm. and it's working you know she is falling in love with him and it's only after she's sort of said that's it I'm done and he's like no 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 wait that the toxic masculinity right. ends up with a, a bullet in his gut or wherever it went. So, any final any final thoughts on the film or uh, moments, yeah, scenes I mean, that you, you think are important that we haven't talked about? Yeah, you know, this movie was it was awkward at moments. It was it was weird. It was it was you know there were there were moments where it was felt sexually liberating. Mm-hmm. There were moments where it felt, um, you know, sexually um, toxic, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, and I'm still, after watching it, not a hundred percent sure, you know, where the writer and the director, because it was written and directed, I, I believe, by Portolucci. Yeah, I believe so. Um, yeah, I, I, I still, I, I can't say 100% if I understand what he was trying to convey after watching it. Um, it definitely had some powerful moments. Uh, the ending was unexpected for me, just the way it came about. It was, uh, it wasn't bad, it was pretty good there was some good performances uh it was well paced mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um it was well shot yeah it good was, looking movie it was, yeah it was well put together um i i definitely I, I can see how it's controversial though absolutely um but yeah i just i i wish i better understood I mean, I, I wasn't around in the 70s, you know, like I was born in 88. I don't really think I understand the the actual 
what would you say? Just just the 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 overarching thought process of the time, the zeitgeist and of that decade. Yeah, and I and I I kind of would like to, and I might do this. I don't know if I've done this with any other film, but I might actually look into some, you know, like what the writer has to say about this film, how he defends it. Um, what he was trying to get across. Mm-hmm. Was he trying to get across that, um, you know, consent was, or is, is very important. Was that, I don't, I don't think that, that was on the table, but I, you know, yeah, it's, it's, but when you watch it through, through the glass of today, like that's, oh, that's yeah, the number totally, one thing totally, in this movie yeah. is consent, right? Um, so yeah, it's it was it was interesting. It was well made. Um yeah. I don't know. I give it uh <laughs> <laughs> Where are you gonna go with this one? <laughs> um I know what I I'm doing if you don't three, do it first. I give it three and a half um hairy Parisian vaginas out of five. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to go with four sticks of butter out of five. Oh, God, no. <laughs> uh, I took it, this is like, a, as far as the story goes, it's it's like these, these two people that connect at kind of the wrong time mm-hmm. in order to sort of create a relationship. And instead, they, they do create something that's intense, and volatile and pleasurable, mm-hmm. but also toxic. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, that toxic ends up playing out in kind of the most toxic way it can. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think this is, for myself, one of one of my favorite films that we have covered on this podcast. And I'm glad, yeah. knowing that this has been on my list of things to see for a really long time, I am super glad that I found a way to uh, to work it into what we were doing. And uh, yeah, yeah, just glad to have and also happy birthday. laid my eyes on it. Or happy happy gestation happy year. gestation year. Yeah, my birthday is not uh, till August, so <laughs> still a little ways off. My birth my birthday's in three days. Well, I mean, when is this coming out? It might come out on my birthday. Sunday. Yeah. Well, it's two days from now. Okay, so it's coming out on my birthday. Is your Eve. birthday the thirteenth or the fourteenth? Fourteenth. Yeah, okay, so it'll be the day after this. Well, happy uh, early or belated birthday, depending on when someone's listening to this. <laughs> when it gets out, yeah. And, Maybe I uh, just won't I'll, master I'll... it on Sunday. I'll master it on Monday and I'll send it on to my birthday. <laughs> no, please don't. <laughs> we missed an episode that we were late last week. Let's try to get this one out on time for a change, eh? <laughs> okay. And we're going to be celebrating our one-year anniversary next week on uh, on Monday night. Uh, we're going to be doing a live episode at 7 p.m. Uh, June 21st. In the past, we've done those lives on Sunday, but uh, we got to juggle some things around because Oren's schedule is a little more limited now that he's got a different job. But uh, we figure 7 o'clock, uh, you've finished dinner, maybe you got a cocktail in hand. You can listen to us, and we've got no particular subject in mind for that episode beyond looking back at where we've been and looking ahead to where we're going, and we would love to have as many people listening, and more importantly, uh, calling in as possible. Mm-hmm. Does that something make sense? I don't yeah, know. absolutely. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, if, if you can, um, if you if you would like to call in, uh, what you need to do is download the Podbean app. Um, I don't know if you have to create an account. I think you might. Um, and uh, so the app's going to be on your phone. You do need a headset. So that would be uh, something that you can plug into the phone that would have speakers and a microphone. Or, you know, if you got um, wireless and, earbuds or something like that, that'll, you know, or wireless earbuds, things, that'll connect. Yeah. Anything that's got, yeah, it just has to have a, an output and an input. Um, and you can call in and you can talk with us live. Um, on Monday the 21st and tell us anything that you, you, any thoughts that you had about any previous things that we've talked about, um, anything that you'd like us to cover in the future, or if you just want to say hi, 
and uh, give us a thank you for for yeah. doing what we do. Or you mean you can say hi and say like, hey, you guys suck. But I hope you don't. And do if you that. don't want to talk, I mean, there's a chat room there as well. You can say hi in the chat if you're shy and don't want to talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I might, I might buy some cake for the day because it's our, it's our anniversary. Um, we should maybe agree in advance on like a kind of cake that we can each buy, and then we can kind of like it's like we're sharing a cake together. Why don't I just come down? If I don't have to call in for work, if I don't have to be well, that makes sense. I was, Monday. I was, I was thinking originally. I was yeah. thinking that you might be here because you've been in town like every weekend, but now your job is is got a different schedule, I guess. So, uh, but yeah. yeah, if you're here, we could legit uh, I'll, like I'll be, I'll be in, I'll be in. Uh, yeah, I'll be in on the twenty first. All right. Well, cool. We'll buy, we'll buy an ice cream cake. All right then. You like ice? I cream do cake? like ice cream cake. You'll nice. have to bring it home with you, though, because that's a lot of cake for me to have here as a diabetic. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, all right. I guess that wraps everything up, eh? I think so. Um, if you want to know more about us, find our social network connections, uh, find ways to support us on Patreon or buy me a coffee. You can do all of that at our website at blah, 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 media.com. That's B-L-A-H, 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 media.com. I don't think I had too many blahs in there, I hope. Um, nope, that was good. Beyond that, uh, my name is Todd Sullivan. My name is Oren Barter. You've been listening to When Bad Things Happen to Good People. And until we meet again, I suggest you go read a fucking book. Or watch a controversial movie. <laughs>